There's two main things that we have to remember about this morning's second reading that comes from the Gospel according to Luke, and that is, one, this passage comes shortly after the parable we heard last week, the parable of the Good Samaritan, and the story from the day from Luke is also very similar to the one from Genesis, in which both involve some kind of sense of hospitality or welcoming in those who have come as guests. And so with those two things in mind, listen now to our gospel reading that comes from Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. Now as they went on their way, He, being Jesus, entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Martha had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha, Martha was distracted by her many tasks, so she came to him and asked, Lord, Do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are distracted and worried by many things. There is only one thing. Martha, Mary, has chosen the better part which will not be taken away from her. Would you please pray with me? Almighty God, we ask that as your word has been read and as it is proclaimed, may it speak to us here today, those of us who have gathered and those of us who listen wherever it is we are. May it open our minds, may it open our hearts, may it allow us to see what it means to serve you and to serve others what it means to create a sense of hospitality in our daily lives and to make time for ourselves to rest as well. Lord, we ask that your Spirit speak these things into our hearts, and we ask them in your most holy name. Amen. Like I was saying before, we live in a very fast-paced world, a world that is always moving and never seems to take a break. There's work, there's sports, there's family, there's friends, and there's the drama, of course, that comes out of nowhere, among many other things, that seem to fill up our already overwhelmed gray matter. And the ironic thing is that the technology that we thought would make our lives easier actually ties us closer to all these other moving parts, making unplugging, as they call it, all the more difficult. With all these things we find ourselves juggling, how then do we find time for Jesus? Or I guess the better question that we should ask ourselves this morning is how do we make time for Jesus? How do we make time for ourselves to take a step back and simply breathe? For this morning's passage, I do like to think about my own experience with hosting people for a a party or a dinner. Usually it's for family uh, and friends. 
And while I may not seem like a perfectionist, I do like to dedicate myself to doing things well. So you better believe that if I'm cooking a meal for family or friends, I'm going to do my best. But sometimes that desire to do what's good becomes an obsession. Sometimes an almost inappropriate feeling, you might say, to focus solely on that one task of making a good meal which can make me quite ornery. And if this feeling goes unchecked, it can lead to some expressions of annoyance and frustration. But this feeling only appears when I lose sight of what matters, which at that moment is the fellowship I'm having with friends and family. It should be noted that Martha and Mary in this passage have been played out in many different ways. Mary being someone who, who was a, um, someone who broke the norm, someone who, instead of being in the kitchen, came out to learn to sit at the feet of Jesus. And Martha, of course, I think has gotten a lot of grief over the years to an undeserving degree. I mean, who wouldn't be excited? Who wouldn't be attentive to every detail of their house if they knew that Jesus was coming over for a meal? Imagine being in Martha's place, and perhaps you have been in Martha's place in in some other way, and you would want to make sure everything was right, and you might feel frustrated then when people weren't helping you out the way you wanted them to. So you might yell out from the kitchen, Hello! Hello, I'm looking at you. Can I get a little help, please? Perhaps if you're a parent, you've used that phrase uh, for your children at one time or another, or perhaps the other way as well. But Martha then might have had the best of intentions when she asked Jesus, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? But the thing is that we, like Martha, often get sidetracked. And instead of placing our hearts into the hands of God, we try to invest ourselves in more ways than what is actually viable. And so we burn out. The problem we encounter this morning is not Martha's desire to serve and provide hospitality to her guests. Because like I said, if we remember from last week's reading, Jesus cares very much what we do when it comes to serving our neighbor we find that in the reading from the, about, that tells the story of the Good Samaritan. And Jesus lifts up this kind of service to those who are our neighbors. But like I said, Martha's service is not in and of itself the problem. The problem lies in the fact that in the course of Martha's work, she was plagued by distractions. There's actually a Greek word for this. Periespato, which has the actual connotation of being pulled or dragged in multiple directions. I imagine that any one of us here could speak to what that feels like. What that feels like when we try and juggle numerous things at once. Sometimes, sometimes on those days where we're on our A game, we will be successful. But other times we find that what we've been juggling ends up on the floor 
in a jumbled mess. We hear Jesus speaking to us, calling out to us this morning. You are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. I think when we hear these words, we think of them as some kind of rebuke or criticism. But when these words were spoken to Martha, they weren't meant to serve as a criticism. On the contrary, they were intended to be a reassurance that no matter how much Martha did or how well she did it, she was still a beloved, valued, and cherished child of God. We too need to hear these words in our everyday lives. We too need the reassurance that regardless of how much we do or how well we do it, we are still at the end of the day beloved children of God. But this kind of grace is a skill. It's a skill that benefits not only ourselves but those around us as well. It's grace that reminds us that God will work with what we have and we don't have to punish ourselves when we feel like we failed. In this past week's midweek reflection, I posed this question of when was the last time you unplugged? And it's a question I pose to you today because it fits this morning's reading from the gospel according to Luke. When was the last time you unplugged? When was the last time you purposely set aside things that you've been juggling to simply take a moment for yourself and create a space, an opportunity for you and God to be at one with one another? Setting aside moments for ourselves to breathe, to pray, to sit in silence or serenity should not be viewed as an indulgence, but instead a priority. We need that time to pray, to ask for guidance, to process the events of the day, and to recenter ourselves on the things that feed our soul. The time that we intentionally set aside to be with God is the one thing that we need daily, and it's the thing that will sustain us, nurture us, give us insight and the creativity to look out towards the future at what God has planned next. And while there are a lot of other things that are vying for our attention, we will never be able to attend to all of them if we burn ourselves out in the process. I'm sure, again, that you're familiar with this truth but we were never meant, we were never created to go all out at 110, 120, 130%, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Because it's simply not healthy. Healthy in both a physical and spiritual sense. And of course, doctors and psychologists will tell you that, but even God tells us that as well. God didn't work for six days and decide to tack on six more days. No, God rested after creating and tells us to take time for rest, rejuvenation, for prayer as well. Taking all that into consideration then, 
Perhaps it would be better to think about the story this morning, the story of Martha and Mary, as a tale of two models of discipleship coming together to form a whole, a more holistic model, you might say. Because you see, if we don't have the vision or the passion of doing what God, uh, of, don't have a vision of what God is doing or what God desires for us in our lives, then we'll get beaten down. Mary sits at Jesus' feet and listens to the words that he speaks, the words that offer a vision, a sense of hope. And without those words from Jesus, we too, like Mary, can't go on. And we too then can't go on, like Martha, in doing the good work of providing hospitality and love, not only to those here, not only to those in Naopak, but to the world as well. If we lose sight of the one thing that guides our heart, it will do more than just distract us. It will worry us, it will make us angry, and it will tire us out to the point of exhaustion. Spending time with Jesus, taking a break from the chaotic work of our lives, if we do that, we'll find that we'll have a more renewed sense of purpose and that we can then prepare meals for the hungry, that we can care for the sick, and that we can show hospitality to the stranger and keep on loving our neighbors in the name of Jesus Christ. When we're able to do that, then, we'll be able to ask ourselves, who then do we neglect when we, not, when we don't set our hearts, our minds, on God? Jesus is there to remind us, much like Martha, that much of what actually vies for our attention, the things that we think are so important and need to be done right now, are not actually deserving of our time and our energy and our resources. The message we hear over and over again from Jesus is that we need to be simply who we are, that we need to live in the transforming grace of God and to take to heart what that really means for our daily living. In other words, you might say there are moments when we just need to offer the distracting things in our lives to God so that we can hit the reset or the rest button. If we can do that, the other parts of discipleship will fall into place. The tempting call of our distractions will lose our power. The urge to resent or blame our siblings will lessen as well. And perhaps more importantly, our inclination to neglect the needy, exploit the poor, and trample on others will yield to the redemptive love of God. Because we sat at Christ's feet, listening to every word. And after listening, we will realize that we can't help but see the face of Christ in all those whom we meet. We can't love one another, we can't serve one another, and we can't be patient and graceful with one another if we are at our wit's end. I mean, if you can, I give you credit, I won't be as gracious to myself because I just know I, I lose my patience at that point. But in our listening to God, in the silent moments or in the moments when we feel peace, our spirits are renewed. In doing God's will, serving others, and loving as God loves us, then we will find that our lives are more balanced and become more well-rounded.
But being intentional about that time we come to be with Jesus is, like I said, a skill that takes practice and takes patience. And as we look at this story that talks about Mary and Martha, we might be wondering then how it ends. Because being creatures of curiosity, we might think it would be helpful to see how it all pans out. But in a manner that is very consistent with the stories of Jesus, this one is left suspended. We don't know what happens next. We don't know whether or not Martha and Mary were able to reconcile their differences. And we don't even know if they got to sit down to enjoy the meal that Martha had been preparing. While we might never know what happened to Martha and Mary, we do know that Jesus invites all of us who fear about life's uncertainties and are distracted to come and sit for a while and rest in the presence of God. We are invited to rest and know peace and know that what we do to whatever degree of our ability is enough for God because we are all cherished in the eyes of God. So the next time we find that we are feeling a little too burdened, remember that there is one thing that needs our attentions, which is our guests and ourselves in relationship to God. These things require a balance of our heart and our soul, and if we're able to find that happy medium, we'll discover that our guests might also be our host, such as God who comes to visit Abraham and Sarah in the reading this morning, and that God will come then to sit at our table and offer abundant gifts to all who have gathered. Gifts that soothe our souls and gifts that encourage our weary bodies as well. Amen.